Everything ends in tears because everything ends. And what John is showing us is he's showing us a future where all of these endings will end. And it's not just that. He's not just showing us a future where endings will end and beginnings will be eternal. He's showing us something even better. You know what John is showing us by showing us the picture of God wiping away our tears? He's showing us that every emotional gap will be erased. Every one of them. The sermon that you're about to hear is from Pastor Paul Borman at Hope Lutheran Church, located in Tigard, Oregon. For more information and for more content, go to hopeintiger.com. The text we'll get into this morning is from Revelation chapter 21, verses 1 through 5. This is what John wrote. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death, or mourning, or crying, or pain. For the old order of things has passed away. He who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. Then he said, write this down. For these words are trustworthy and true. This is God's word. Alienation, estrangement, separation. These aren't just words to us. These are the things that we see. These are the things that we feel. These are the things that we experience in every life in every relationship, throughout every era of time, no one has ever escaped. Alienation, estrangement, separation. It's not something that that Christians can escape from by faith. You can probably see evidence of that in your own life, and you can see evidence of that certainly in the life of the writer of this book, the book of Revelation. It was the Apostle John. You can almost hear his yearning, his desire for his alienation and separation to be over as he, as he filled us up on this vision that he was given of a perfect future. He wrote, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea, he writes. 
So there's going to be a new sky. There's going to be a new planet. It's going to have a, a different ecology, a different environmental structure. It's going to be perfect. It's fascinating to think about what that might be like. But today what I think is even more fascinating, interesting, is what John didn't notice. Did you hear that as I was reading this text? You know, John, he's given this vision and he sees a new heaven and a new earth, but he also makes a clear observation about something that he didn't see. He said there wasn't any sea and, and to me, that's really interesting. You know, when I see a beautiful sunset, I describe the colors. I describe the view. I don't describe the things that I didn't see. But what John saw is he was given a vision from God as he was seeing a new planet and a new sky unfold before his eyes. The thing that he thought was noteworthy enough for us to know thousands of years later is the fact that there was no sea. And I think that's remarkable. You know, we could draw some conclusions about that. We could draw the conclusion that that this is just a bummer, a little bit of a bummer to find out. No, I I was hoping that, that, that heaven would include me laying down on the beach without getting a sunburn and going scuba diving in perfect waters. Or, or maybe we could draw the conclusion that maybe God just doesn't like salt water. Or maybe Jesus had one too many run-ins with the Sea of Galilee for there to be a sea in in heaven. (laughs) But none of that seems worth mentioning at all (laughs) when you think about the purpose that John was writing for. See, the reason that John was writing was so that his readers could start to grasp the reality that was coming for them. The reality of the new heaven and the new earth, and you better believe that the important things about the new heaven and the new earth are not its ecology and topography. (laughs) Now we got to understand something about the book of Revelation. Revelation is a book that is just filled with symbolism. It's just chock full of them. And we know that it's talking about symbolism because God says it's talking about symbolism. At the beginning of the book, he says, John, I'm going to give you a a vision and in this vision, I'm going to give you signs and symbols about what the future is going to be. So we can know. We can know very well, very confidently that the sea is symbolic. And to understand that the sea is symbolic for, we have to understand something about John as he was writing. As John was writing this book, as he was receiving this vision, you know where he was? He was in exile. He had been exiled to the island of of Patmos. He was alienated, separated, estranged from the people he loved, from the place that he called home. I I can only imagine how much it must have killed him. Patmos is not that far from his hometown of Ephesus. On a clear day, 
he would have been able to go out from where he was living and look across the water and see the buildings there. And he could think to himself, right there, right there, there is where the people that I love are. Right over there is my church, my home, my community, my fellowship, the place that I want to be is right over there and I can't get there. You know what separated him from the place that he called home? The sea. And so you can imagine why most every commentator will say that the sea here is significant. Because the sea for John was so distressing that he noticed that it wasn't there in the new heaven and the new earth. There was no sea. Please understand that that John isn't just writing these things down to chronicle his despair. He's writing these things down for you. More than anything, John wrote these things down to empathize with us. Because he knows what we know. That life in this current heaven, in this current earth, life here is characterized by separation. It's characterized by being alienated from things, separated from things, estranged from things. You know, I could go on and on for days about this, the ways that we are estranged from people, from ourselves, from other things. You know, we could talk about how we're even estranged from ourselves. You have the me over here that I want to be and the, the me over here that, that, that I am. And I am estranged from the me that I want to be and I'm estranged from that me by my sin. I know that the reason that that I'm not that is because I am sinful. We can talk about relationships, how in every relationship there is separation. There always is. We could talk about marriage. It's supposed to be the most foundational and intimate relationship that human beings have. You ever been to a, a 50th wedding anniversary? I've been to a few of them. And in every 50th anniversary I've been to, I have heard the, the couple talk about how at many times throughout their marriage, they were miles apart emotionally. Every relationship is characterized by separation. Every relationship at many times has gaps in it. Even the most intimate of human relationships still so often have gaps that are as wide as the ocean and as deep as the sea. And perhaps the even deeper tragedy about this is that as Christians, it's worse for us. As as Christians, we know an even deeper kind of alienation, separation, estrangement. We understand that we're not just missing a fundamental part of our lives. We know that we're missing the fundamental part of our lives. We're missing our relationship with God. We understand that that is the reason for 
every other alienation that we experience. It's because our perfect relationship with which we were created has been gone. Way back at the, in the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve chose to be separated from God. They ran away from Him and they hid. And since then, life has been characterized by separation, alienation, and estrangement from God Himself. That's the gap that John is talking about. That's the sea. That's the ocean. That is what the booming voice was talking about when it, when it boomed out to John and said, that's the thing that's not going to exist anymore, ever again. Here's what that booming voice said as John received this vision. John says, I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, look, God's dwelling place is now among the people. And he will dwell with them. They will be his people. And God himself will be with them and will be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. Do you see this? God will dwell with his people. He will claim us as his own. And we will claim him as our own. Finally, he will be among us. We will see him. And he will just be ours. And then bursts onto the scene this incredible image that for thousands of years has made people just cascade with joy. It's an image that has inspired so many pieces of art and has created such intense yearning. It's a, it's a scene that at times makes the most joyful people in the world grow even more joyful. And it's a scene that at times makes the most despairing people in the world have hope. Such a simple scene where you see God himself wiping tears out of our eyes. Do you see how significant that is that God's going to do that for us? Do you see why that is the linchpin and the center and the only image that that booming voice from heaven gives to us? I don't want to hammer this too hard. It's so important that we see that God will wipe every tear from our eyes because everything everything on earth ends in tears. Because everything on earth ends. Every single thing. I'll just give you one example of this. Have you ever thought about this fact that every single marriage ends? Every single one. There's never been a a marriage that has survived death. Every single marriage ends and every single marriage ends in tears. Everything ends in tears because everything ends. And what John is showing us is he's showing us a future where all of these endings will end. And it's not just that. He's not just showing us a future where endings will end and beginnings will be eternal. He's showing us something even better. 
You know what John is showing us by showing us the picture of God wiping away our tears? He's showing us that every emotional gap will be erased. Every one of them. You think about what it is to wipe away tears from somebody's eyes. It's maybe one of the most intimate things that you can do for another person. I think about what a joy and privilege it is to wipe tears away from from my kid's face, my wife's face. How joyful that is and how important that is. And then then I think about how creepy it would be if I went around in the street wiping people's tears out of their face. It's an intimate thing. What John is saying is that we are going to have such a beautiful, comfortable, profound relationship with God that he's going to look into our eyes, into our souls. and He's going to reach down with his almighty hand and with all the love of a father's heart, he's going to reach down and wipe the tears out of our eyes and out of our hearts forever. That's the perfect height and ultimate depth of emotional intimacy and it is the perfect opposite of separation. All emotional gaps will be eradicated, erased, outlawed. Think of the glory of that. Denial, suppression, repression, you won't think about it anymore. Solitude, aloneness, loneliness. You won't even remember what that feels like. Because God will wipe every tear from our eyes. That's what's happening here. That's what will happen for us. John's giving us a a picture of a reality where God will be so close to us He'll know us so well and his presence will make us feel so free that every hurt will come pouring out of us in a rush of peace never to be felt again. And gone forever will be the days where, where, where relationship and, and tribe and community will be the things that promise us every bit of intimacy and will leave us even more alone. And gone will be the days of of realizing that even the most perfect of relationships cannot give us the intimacy that we know we need in our souls. Gone will be those days, and arrived will be the days when there will be such a deep and comfortable connection that God will look right into your eyes And all the grief and the pain and the death will exit your soul. Arrived will be the time when every sense of alienation will be replaced with a God who knows you and loves you and appreciates you to such a level that you cannot even comprehend right now. Every tear will be gone, wiped away by the hand of God himself. that's when we can be home. And I mean that in the most profound way that I can. Really, truly home. Never again will there be yearning. Never again will there be wishing or wanting in us. 
then we'll be home and not alone. And we'll sing. Oh, oh, we'll sing. I think the things that we'll sing about, the song we'll sing will we'll have something about how Jesus bridged the gap for us. Not only by coming down to us, but by becoming one of us. And I think the song will, will include something about how Jesus, with his cross, wiped away every sin-inflicted pain. And wiped away every guilt-induced tear. Then we'll be home. Now we'll celebrate the removal of the gap between God and us. And we'll celebrate that brand new world that's so eternally, so delightfully, so joyfully, and so remarkably has no sea. But only God, with whom we will be home. Amen.